Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV, and I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. And we are back at it for Mr. Robot. We're going to kind of briefly touch episode four, and more, this is mainly going to focus on five, and I would like to apologize personally for being so late, but we had scheduling issues and vacations, and we just weren't able to get one out last week. Both of our lives were just overall busy. <laughs> yeah, and I took a needed vacation and unfortunately didn't post anything about it, and this was literally the first time that we were able to podcast for last week's episode. Yeah. And so I think we're going to dive right into it. Obviously, it was written and directed by Sam Esmail, again, who is continuing to do, put on a fantastic show, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the... It, it's, it just continues to have its own brand of aesthetic. Like, you, when you see... You could see one screen... Random screen cap of Mr. Robot any episode and know that it's Mr. Robot. Yeah. I mean, you're not confusing this show with anything else. And they're also doing a great job on, like, their transition shots. Uh, I'm starting to notice with it, how they're doing going from scene to scene and just their pan aways. I'm really enjoying those. And uh, I've always loved this show because, like, the kind of the golden rule of writing a scene is get in late and get out early. Mm -hmm. And uh, this show is masterful at that. Like, scenes will just end because we don't need them anymore. No. Like, it doesn't try to wrap them up with a pretty bow. It's just like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. I mean, you notice it's a big, like, cut or edit, but it works. And it's like, we're not putting any filler into the show, which is kind of amazing because these are legitimate hour shows because they're an hour and a half on USA. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting that for such a uh, conversation-heavy show, Very you don't really get bored. No, but I mean, to me, for everyone who's listened to our podcast and stuff, they know that those are the things that I love. I love one-on-one conversations and everything, and that's why I think I fell so hard for this show. I mean, it's all it's all about that. Very much so. But so, I mean, what are you thinking between episode four and five? How how did you rate them and like them? Uh, well, you know, I'll 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 reveal a little bit to our listeners that I asked you right beforehand what happened in episode four. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just it kind of was a setup episode. I felt like um, some good stuff definitely happened. I think decisions were made that were important for the future. But episode five was killer. Like, that might be my one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. Yeah, I don't know if many decisions were made for episode four, but they were so, like, in your face about that this decision is going to be made in episode five. Like you said, it was just, like, the perfect setup. Yeah. And even and though we you know, said... You, you gotta have those episodes, and... Even in this show, like, I may not have necessarily remembered it, but I definitely didn't, like not enjoy it you know so that says a lot because a lot of times you'll have these these setup episodes that you have to have for a season and you're just like oh god okay can we do something like when game of thrones has a setup episode you're like oh my god did i just waste an hour of my life even though i mean it's shot beautifully and everything not a whole lot moves in a game of thrones filler episode no it definitely doesn't but i mean i feel like the finales make up for it (laughs) i mean everything about game of thrones makes up for it (laughs) but that would that's not what we're t- here to talk about. The main thing that I noticed in the uh, fourth episode of this show was how dark it was, visually, and, I mean, figuratively as well. I actually, when I was watching it, um, watching it on my computer, checked my brightness settings. Yeah. Because I thought, like, something was going on with my battery or something, because I literally thought, wait, this is way too dark. Because it was so dark 
that um so it, when you're filming a scene you have three lights mm-hmm. that's generally how it done how it's done uh this was shot with one okay which is so like did you look into that or did you just kind of know that i well i i looked it up afterwards because i was like hmm, this is and it said season two's dark aesthetic and it got a little technical for like a sub note of a paragraph and that's the stuff i love where it was like you know a majority of the scenes for uh, the middle of the season were shot using one lamp. Huh. That's that's pretty interesting right there, that they would take that kind of time and effort to do something like that. And, I mean, I think that's something that Sam Ismail's doing that no one else is really even thinking about. Well, it's interesting because, like, you're, you're, you're literally straining yes, to, to watch the show. Like, not even mentally, physically, physically. straining to watch it. And, I mean, they're still putting immense detail into these shots, even though they're almost pitch black. Yes. And, I mean, I'm really appreciating it and everything. And the, one of the main things that we see happen in episode four is at the end, tail end of this episode where Elliot ends up agreeing to help Ray with his computer problem, and he ends up finding out that the FBI's kind of onto them. Yeah, like, we have Darlene, you know, she's telling... Elliot, like they might have been made. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of having to deal with a part of the process he didn't really see himself as being a part of because, you know, he always thought he would be like the the catalyst, and then she would handle the free fall. Okay, and did the free fall talk? Did that happen in the fourth episode? No, it happened in the okay. fifth episode. But you can tell from his attitude that that's how he feels in the fourth episode, and then mm-hmm. he outright says it in the fifth episode. Okay, and because we didn't even know that this was even planned in the first season. Like, we just thought they were planning on taking it down and stuff, but they actually had a set plan for the uh, aftermath and how this was going to be the most important part of the plan, which I found really fascinating that they were able to hold something so important. Well, I thought, uh, you know, it's a good job on the show where, you know, you take something so big, like you give them this huge goal, yeah. And most shows would be like, okay, let's take two to three seasons before they can take down Evil Corp. Well, they do it in the first season, and then it kind of follows up that kind of curiosity and are they going to be able to keep up the momentum by being like, no, 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 the hardest part comes after. Yeah, and I mean, they did this without even pivoting, which is something that I think is really impressive. Like, I mean, we are still focusing on the main plot of the show. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying everything that Sam Esmail has done with it. And, I mean, along the fourth part, or in the fourth episode, and this is probably the last thing I can remember. No, there's one more thing after this. Is uh, we get a little bit more of Tyrell's wife. And I thought this is the only thing that's been super, uh, like, I could read into the future that her little boy toy wasn't going to make it very long. Oh, no. There was, there was no way. Yeah, I mean, they made him way too itchy, you know, uppity. And I... I mean, I didn't like him from the beginning, but I didn't like how they made it so obvious. Well, you know, Mr. Robot, unfortunately, falls into a lot of cliches, which, honestly, I'm willing to generally forgive because it's such a difficult subject matter, and sometimes you just need someone to happen to overhear something, (laughs) and sometimes you just need someone to just be there at the right time. Like, it's hard to... It's uh, hard to be consistently. that creative week after week. Yeah. 
But I mean, at least they ended up doing a reverse cliche in where it's the guy that ends up dying instead of the woman. So, I mean, I'll even give him a pat on the back for that. Well, I mean, she's she's a very interesting character because um, something that's kind of been confusing to me is, you know, she basically kicked Tyrell out of the family. And then now she keeps telling her bodyguard, everything will be fine when my husband returns. And she seems to really want him back. So I'm wondering, like, was she bluffing? I don't know if she was bluffing, but since he ended up going through with helping Elliot and destroying Evil Corp and all of her money, that there's just no way that she survives without him. And so she's that's just got to she's got to protect her son. And the best way to do that's going to be having Tyrell and an income to do that. Yeah. Because she even in the 5th episode talked about giving up Tyrell as long as he would uh unfreeze the funds, the guy the head dude from uh I think that Evil was Corp. actually the fourth episode. It might have been. Something happened in the fourth episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she de- she met with... Uh, I forget his name. Oh, man. what a, The guy whose wife died. And, the guy whose wife, um, or that Tyrell ended up killing on the top yeah, of the roof, and, and the guy and who burnt said, the money. He said earlier in the season, like, my wife's killer's still out there, and that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So, I think eventually... Something's he gonna might happen take with her him deal Tyrell. maybe after Tyrell's back. Yeah, once he can get his hands on him. Yeah. And then the other thing that I really enjoyed from uh, episode four was when the FBI storms the uh, building, and the guy's like, you don't really think they were hiding this much in plain sight. I mean, it says F Society. And she goes, well, what's that say about us? You know, our favorite FBI agent, you know, throwing zingers at the rest of the department. That we couldn't find it. And she also... You know, Harkin, she she also showed, like, her, her knowledge about hackers when she said they like to leave, you know, traces that they've been there. Mm-hmm. They like to hide in plain sight because they're arrogant. And we saw that in the very first episode when Elliot found F-Society. Yep. And was like, really? Did they want me to find this? Was it this obvious? And then that literally happens again. It really does. And then I, I don't think there, there's much more in episode four. Well, the only other thing I would think about is the fact that we saw that Angela made the decision to turn in those guys. That was important because I'm so seeing, especially after episode five, that she's doing this to move up. Not because that she is being told to do it from the higher up or anything. It's strictly so she can move up and better her life. Yeah, she she definitely uh, likes the position she's found herself in. And, you know, when, when she goes to Mr. Bossman of Evil Corp and says, like, I want Melissa's job and starts making all these demands. You think she's going to get him? Or well, at you least do. I do. And then he's like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. Angela just got put in her place. I wasn't ready for this. That whole scene was literally like, OK, you're cute. <laughs> and I mean, just well done. I didn't see that coming. And I mean, she got shot down almost as hard as her old ex. Oh, 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 man. Which might have been the brightest part of this entire season so far. And that goes to say a lot about how dark this season's been. Honestly, that part made me so angry in so many ways. Like, we've all got that shitty ex. Yeah. You know, that, uh, or that person that won't let go. And <laughs> oh. I guess we're moving right on into season five. Or episode episode five. five. Absolutely, because, oh, hey... Man. 
it was incredibly bright. Like, I mean, we had what felt like natural light coming into the bar. The bar was extremely well lit. And then, you know, it wasn't necessarily witty banner banter, but it was a lot lighter, even though he was being crushed repeatedly. Well, I think that the interesting thing about um, that scene is that it's like darkness is aligned with... The hackers. Smartness, I guess. Oh. And then when it's light and bright, it's people that are failing or people that aren't smart. Oh, wow. I haven't even looked at it like that. I mean, I haven't necessarily deemed Angela as, quote, I mean, not necessarily quote or anything, but as dumb or less intelligent as necessarily hackers, just different fields. Well, no, I just think it was because Ollie was there. (laughs) Oh, man. Dumping it on Ollie a little bit more. I hate him. I mean, that's fair. He hasn't done much to uh, inspire much love. He's just, oh man, that, that, it just like one after the other, after the other, when he had that little monologue where he's like, number one, I got you a Bud Light. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, strike three automatically swing and a miss because does Angela look like she's drinking Bud Light at this point in her life? No. No. Number two, do you remember this place? Josh Groban night. Those were the glory days. (laughs) When you're leading with Josh Groban, just leave it out. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. N- nothing I'm, against you, Josh Groban, but... Mm. Number number three. We're coming in with the... Do you remember that table over there? The three That's words I, I said? said. <laughs> 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 three magic words. Oh, and the best part is, he Angela said, um, was the audience and went, please don't. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> just, and then when he actually says, I love you, he was just like... She just gives him a blank stare. Okay. Whoa. Thanks. And then, and then the creme de resistance. <laughs> the resume. Oh, man. I was just like, no. I was expecting her to just kind of light it on fire, call it a day. Well, her face was perfect because her face was just like, really? Yeah. And I mean, I, you know it had to feel good to know that she had that upper hand on him at that point. Not that she didn't already know that she had it, but just to physically put it there. I was like, yeah, okay, Angela. Well, and she needed to have that scene because, like, she had to know for sure that doing what Darlene's asking her to do was absolutely necessary. Yes, I mean, and this ended up being a very important scene because we realized that he has talked to the FBI and that he kind of snitched, but he at least didn't say her name. But she knows that she's on their radar, and what Darlene told her was true. Yeah, and then, you know, she also talks... We get a scene with her and Elliot. Yes. Finally. And yet again, was she was Elliot kind of darker in that scene? I don't remember, because now you kind of have me thinking about it, because I remember her face was super bright. Like, I mean, she I was well lit. I think it's just like... I think that, like... The darkness represents the level of madness Okay. in the scene. Because, for example, when he used to go to the church room, yeah, uh, church groups, there was just like a fucking spotlight down oh. on the people talking. Yeah. It was almost like darkly in the middle. And as soon as you left, it was dark. Okay. But, I mean, there was definitely madness in this scene because, I mean, he even tells uh, Angela that Mr. Robot's standing right behind her. I mean, that scene was still pretty dark. I think it was a little bit lighter, maybe because he's... There was lighter moments of what they were talking about. And, I mean, I think he was happier because he was in her presence. And 
I don't think they want to date, but I think they just want to be close to each other. There's something there. And I don't know what it is. I don't think they've acknowledged it. I can see the show eventually making it romantic, but yeah. I think it would fail. Because, I mean, it doesn't feel like sexual tension or anything when they're in a room together. So I, I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe it I is think just... it's more than that. I think it's just like an innate need to be around each other. Like, we see Angela's first genuine smile this entire season when I, she's talking yeah. to him about her cat. And, I mean... The, we do have to remember that they are childhood friends. And yeah. just kind of like childhood, not even necessarily, almost more than that. Well, it's interesting because, you know, he tells her that he wasn't talking to her because he didn't want to talk to her until he, he was better. Yeah. He didn't want her to see her him in a bad place like he like, is. Like, she is honestly the only person's opinion he cares about. And I think Darlene to an extent. Well, to an extent, but he'll still smack Darlene down, which he does in episode five. Yes, because Darlene is still lower on the totem pole than him. And I mean, he'll hug Angela fairly easily. Yeah. And he'll barely touch anyone else. Well, and again, she's on, she's not on like the evil, even playing field with him or anything. She's just kind of on a different pole. She's on a different playing surface. Because yeah. she has nothing to do with computers. And so I think that's the main difference between Angela and everybody else, is that she's just different. I mean, I, I like Angela. I think she's an interesting character, because uh, the show allows her to be flawed, very flawed. Oh, yes. <laughs> While also simultaneously allowing her to be powerful and to try for what she wants, even if it's not good. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how she continues to grow and change as a character because she's definitely done the most. I mean, she has completely changed from what she was at the beginning of the show. We went from enviable mermaid hair to badass semi-rocker chick. Still enviable hair. Huh? Like, still doing great hair. Shout out to the stylist, whoever that may be. I'm still so jealous of her hair. <laughs> Every episode, I'm like, God, just, ah, oh, Angela. Even her ponytails. It's just a ponytail. I could do the exact same ponytail song. I look that good. No. No. And I really did like the uh, Darlene-Angela scene. Just how in command Darlene was. Like, you can tell that's her habitat. And just, for some reason, her little outfit. I was like, it wasn't attractive or anything, but it just fit her personality perfectly. I absolutely loved that they made Angela androgynous for that scene mm-hmm. and then cut to that shot where Angela has her arm around Darlene and they literally look like a couple, like Angela's the man and Darlene's the woman. And it's just like, even though I don't think they're trying to convey anything about their kind of relationship being anything other than, you know, friends. Yeah. Um, I still think it was just such an interesting shot dynamic to just, like, throw out there. Just to do it. Yeah. No, I didn't even look at that when I was watching it. I just saw it more as just, like, business professional versus the little kid that you can't get away, even though Darlene is so much more than that. I mean, Darlene is definitely more grounded. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this se- this uh, season, 
The only kind of moment we have of her breaking down was when she um, had sex with her ex in a uh, I, cafe bar bathroom out of nowhere. Like, and then they just have a conversation about the dark army like right after like i just love that line where he's like immediately talking to her about the dark army and she's like you're still inside me you know that right <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah, i mean and yet again bravo to usa for going out on such a limb like i would have never thought that this was the network that would do this i mean no. i was definitely thinking fx or spike tv or something no usa did it. usa shout out continue doing the great work Take all that money you're making off Mr. Robot and go fix your playback system. <laughs> yeah, not doing it for you? God, no. Like, I tried it one more time just to see if it was maybe just that episode, and it's still terrible. Maybe you should actually record it when I tell you to. You know, maybe at some point I'll start listening to the things you tell me to do, but all until right. then, this until is what we've got. Until then, we're going to keep hammering on USA Network until they fix their online playback <laughs> options. <laughs> But uh, speaking of the Dark Army, you know, our favorite leader, we realize he's kind of in bed with Evil Corp, even though he helped shut him down. I, okay, I cannot impress upon you how much I love B.D. Wong yeah. in this show. Like, Oh, he's, he's crushing so it. He is he's so good. And, you know, you, you know, you see him... There are so many interesting ha- things that happen with him in the in the fifth episode, which is why I loved it so much. Like, I told you when I was watching the first season, oh, man, I really want to see him again. And you were like, oh, I don't know if we'll see a lot of that character. And now we are, and it's just so exciting. For yeah, me. I mean, they uh, put it front and center that we're going to see a lot of B.D. Wong, a.k.a. White Rose. And I don't know what his, I don't remember his other name for the, when he's in the Chinese embassy. I think they only use his last name and I feel like it's like young or something like that. I'm not entirely yeah. sure though. But, but you know, it just, he's, he's impeccable. Like just the way that he carries a conversation with just his facial expressions mm-hmm. or his movements, mannerisms and, uh, the, when Everything. we had that whole scene with him and our favorite, uh, Dom, you know, Dom yeah. in the in his home. She doesn't know it, but by showing her his dresses, even yeah. though he doesn't say they're his, says his sisters. It's like he's sharing part of himself with her. But we learn that's because he thinks she's going to be dead anyway. Yeah, and not only because I was very skeptical of the scene because I thought it was very risky. To not freak out and just be so calm and cool collected that she was in this room with all of these clocks. And he ends up coming with a great reason for having all of these clocks and everything. But I was like, as the leader of the Dark Army, I know a lot of people don't know this, but you are known for your time. You're, you're the timekeeper. And so for her to figure this out and know that this is you, this is going to be very dangerous. Well, I think... That whole scene just confirms what she already knows about hackers, that they, they they hide in plain sight. Yeah. He shows her his clothes. When he talks to her about the reason he has the clocks, it's still the reason that he thinks time is important in the Dark Army. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason. He just spins it a little bit to make it not, you know, exactly giving him away. 
in the story but about the basically uh, like if, if she was one level deeper yeah he would have told her everything oh absolutely and i mean i think he wants to just just because but, i think he's lonely oh i mean he's absolutely lonely he only has his bodyguard who sees him every day and shoots straight with him yeah i mean when you're that powerful you're going to be lonely and like you know you see him in his masculine attire and it's he puts on such a great that face that it's not the way he wants to be yeah and he he his mannerisms are just slightly different like he was so much more languid and comfortable when he's dressed as a woman mm-hmm. and then when you see him that he's like the minister of defense for china <laughs> like of course he is of course i mean there's no other position for him the, yep. Like, no other position than the exact thing that he's fighting. Yeah, and which, yet again, hiding in plain sight. Like, it's just like this show, use, that theme comes up all the time. And so do you think that Dom made a bad move by asking so bluntly and forcefully about the Dark Army? See, that actually, yes, um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because now he knows that, you know, She's they know that it. there's a connection. But also culturally, yeah. it is super rude in China to skip all the pleasantries. Like, when she said that, remember, he he completely lost his composure and gave her a straight-up dirty look. Yeah. Like, how dare you? And, and then immediately just, like, because, you know, because he's... The bigger person and whatnot, he immediately goes like, "Of course, you know." And, nice, and, and I thought soft. about that right in that moment. He's gonna kill them all, but I was like, "That's gonna be really hard." I mean, these are There's FBI a lot agents. Of them. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he won't. I, they're probably just gonna hide it, and then he did. He just killed them all. Well, he attempted to well, kill them. Well, he tried. All, which only one hit person to take out the entire. There were two. Uh, was there two? There were two. And so now he's going to know that she's still alive. And do we think that she's going to get any suspicions on who actually made this hit? I think so. Like, well, she's not out of the woods yet. Like, I, I think she's going to be. Yeah. But the episode ended with one hitman still alive coming for her with a freaking, you know, AK-47. <laughs> so, and she's got probably like four bullets left in her handgun, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, there's a good bit of guns on the ground. I, I have faith. And it's a new episode, so and it's TV, so she's probably got about I don't know unlimited bullets left in the chamber. I don't even want to. Mm, yeah, she. But I mean, the I show. Hope that uh, Mr. Robot doesn't go to the uh, sci-fi school of shooting. bullet count. No, it didn't sound like it because I mean they were making a lot of different gun noises during this scene, which was super pleasant to hear. I really liked that scene. Like it really it surprised well me. It was unexpected. Like, I, I mean, at that point in time, I was like, okay, episode's winding down, nothing to worry about. Everybody's dead. <laughs> like, she only survives because she used her best friend as, like, a freaking human body shield. And they didn't, and I, they probably just never really saw her. Like, because she was kind of, like, over there getting coffee and immediately dropped. Because I'm assuming they were shooting from the outside on the way in. Yeah. And so it was easy that she could have been overlooked. And I think the only reason why she gets noticed is because she ended up killing one of them. That's true. 
I just, I, I thought that scene, it reminded me of kind of like some of the violent scenes in The Revenant where yeah. it's, you know, one take and we keep going and we stay with it and we're right in that point of view. But I mean, we had a cutaway in the middle of the scene. Because that's when we, yeah, that's when we cut away to, uh, I believe, Elliot working for... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant there was a cut, like, during the action. I was like, what? Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, that was a big cliffhanger. And I mean, and then we went back to, uh, the action scene. And I mean, that was just, I mean, I'm not going to say it's unheard of because a lot of people do it, but for how smoothly it went and then we went back into the end of the episode, I was like, holy crap. You know, I mean, what? how are y'all spinning my emotions like this? They just... Uh, this show, more than pretty much any other show I've ever seen on cable... Yeah. Just does whatever it wants. It really does. And I've never seen something creatively, aesthetically, you know, story-wise, dialogue-wise, just do whatever they want. It's so It gives me hope. <laughs> you know that maybe the studios haven't killed all creativity in film no i mean tv has been trying to do this a lot more than i would say movies because the first season of true detective really did whatever it wanted and then the second season tried to do it and it kind of fell flat and well, I wasn't mean, that hbo it was hbo That's which different. is it is different but i mean it's still tv in a sense and, I mean, I would say probably the early seasons of Sons of Anarchy was the last TV show that was really doing whatever it wanted. Maybe a little bit of Justified, but yet again, that's on FX. I mean, USA... Which you kind of expect. Yeah, USA, I mean, it had some great shows. I mean, I loved Burn Notice and a few other shows, but that was kind of more... Like, when I thought about USA, I thought about rich dudes in suits having problems that you roll your eyes at. Yeah, uh, I okay. I mean, it had the uh, what, Royal Burns or something. It was Royal Pains. Royal Pains, great show. But I mean, that's exactly the rich white dude in suits with problems that with problems that you roll your eyes at. That is exactly what all shows on USA were to me. And I think there was like a counselor show with like she was a sports counselor or something, which was exactly what you're saying. And like, I'm sure there was a few more in USA's lineup that was like that look up some shows i'm not gonna be wrong <laughs> but and so now we get to the meat of the episode well no we'll hold off before we get to sam or elliot helping out we get to tyrone's wife yet again being the most savage person on the show okay i loved that i just I, there was so much about this episode that i loved but i i just i knew he was dead yeah like, like you said i knew he was dead but the way they killed him... The like, explanation that she gave for the way they killed him, I was like... <gasps> like, we gave him answers. Without that, we're just ruthless killers. I'm like, you're so much more ruthless. <laughs> why, why did you make us... Uh, what was It wasn't poison him or anything, but just kind of... They just paralyzed him. Yeah, paralyzed him. him. And while well, the guy ransacked the apartment. And it's just like, you have this such calm explanation happening over the actual scene, which I also really appreciated... Because, you know, in film, you want to show it, you don't want to tell us. And this showed us and tell, told us. Yeah. So, oh, man. And, and then he asked her at the end, like, why did you do this? Why not just shoot him? And she said, well, you know, he, he, we, we didn't rob him of his final moments. He, he needed to know why he was being killed, like what decisions he made 
led to this and we gave him answers oh my god like i had goosebumps like i'm so i'm getting goosebumps thinking about that scene again and how well Me done too. it was and like his eyes the eyes of like because he knows he's gonna die yeah i mean he knew as soon as all this was happening he wasn't making it out alive no and at first like and if she doesn't give him that moment he probably doesn't know why he's dying but then and it really makes you think about it like what's better dying oh, quick easily, or knowing why easily i want to die no way do i want to drown or something like that oh no i mean it's gonna be quick no matter what like obviously he didn't he didn't suffer while he was paralyzed or anything like that well it wasn't but, about su- i mean he didn't physically suffer no but mentally uh, that's he, awful yeah i mean i gotta figure that's that's incredibly worse her psyche is so interesting and weird Mm-hmm. and then we get the phone call at the end of the episode and we can only assume it's Tyrell, but then he's not saying it. The person on the other end is not saying anything. We just hear the traffic that she's hearing. I think he's testing her. I think he knows that she's kind of unfaithful and kind of turncoat. So do you think it's Tyrell? I do. And you think he's back in the States somehow? Well, if, he, if it's not him, it's somebody he's having do it. So it's it's... An extension of his will. Could be Mr. Robot. Could be Mr. Robot helping. It did ha- did happen at night. Yeah. But could then be Mr. again. Mr. Robot helping out Tyrell. Like, because, you know, he's communicating with Mr. Robot. Tyrell yeah. when he wakes up into Elliot. And then when Tyrell kind of, like, laughs and says, hi, Elliot, you know, they could be, they could be, commun- that could be, like, the, the big twist at the end of the season that they've been talking the whole time. And so then the only thing that could throw a wrench into that is we don't know if Elliot was at that time working and trying to figure this out. No, we don't, but it would be very easy for them to say that he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, just a different night or something. Very easy for them to pull off. And I wouldn't be that mad if they had it being a Mr. Robot making that phone call. No, I think that'd be kind of neat. And, uh... Well, now Yeah, the- she's... Oh, man. Now I think we're kind of towards the end of the episode. Well, we have, I don't know, I think this was actually episode four, where Sam's playing, or Elliot's playing, uh, is his name Sam? No. What's uh, Craig Ferguson's name in the show for some reason? Ray. Ray. Where he's playing him in chess, which I always love watching uh, TV characters play chess because I grew up playing chess with the nationals and everything and it's just never done well and i mean i can always just see on the board how poorly it's being played but he convinces elliot to play himself and that he needs the game just to discover who he is and he keeps like breaking completely even yeah he keeps getting a stalemate which like as elliot's saying is impossible but when you're moving both of the pieces you know, it's not that difficult. I mean, it's still going to be kind of hard. <laughs> when all those chess scenes were happening, I was thinking about you the whole time. Really? Yeah, I was thinking, oh, God, he's either going to love this or he's going to hate this. I always enjoy it, but I hate the, how the pieces are being moved on the board. I mean, they at least had all the pieces moving correctly, which is refreshing because yeah. somehow that doesn't get done. There's not enough research, which is always sad. And then we even had... My my favorite character on the show, Leon back talking to uh, Elliot, just like, 
hey, can we play? No, it's not for me. Oh, all right. And then uh, he gives him a great pep talk. And it was like, hey, you know, you just need to figure out and get it done. Yep. It was obviously he's, more elaborate than that, but episode he's four. He's a little bright spot in the show. Really a fan of uh, Joey Badass on the show. And Ray, even though I couldn't remember his name. Although you were you were right about Ray. Well, I, honestly, I the entire time I thought it was strictly going to be child pornography. I didn't think there was any way that it wasn't. And I actually um, thought it might be one of those marketplaces. Silk Road. It, like, what it ends up being essentially is Silk Road, and for what. If you somehow have never heard of what Silk Road is, it is essentially a hacker's dream. Yeah. Like, it, it's the dark net. You can get literally anything on it. And they will deliver it, and it's all done through Bitcoin, which is untraceable. And it was a fascinating concept because it, I think it was ended up being created back in, like, 04 or something. A while ago, because I remember people talking about getting, like, drugs on... Silk Road, like... You get, you could get delivered to your house. Man, and, I remember that being, like, an issue in, like, middle school. Yeah. And so to see... Because they eventually got shut down. They found out the person who did it. And they somehow ended up prosecuting him, even though there's no way really to prove it. But that's neither here nor there. But it makes sense that as soon as, I will say, the world ends in a financial situation like this, that Bitcoin becomes a real tra- currency again, and that this is able to reopen. Yeah, and I mean, I, like I said, I kind of figured it would be something like that. Um, and for some reason, I didn't see him branching out like that as much. Uh, for some reason, I was just in my head, I was like, it's going to be strictly child pornography. I don't know why, but I'm glad. Is it bad that I'm saying I'm happier that it ends up being more of a Silk Road kind of thing where you can order a hitman, drugs, and a hooker all in the same thing? Well, she wasn't a hooker. She was a sex slave. She was abducted. Which still somehow seems better than child pornography. It's, I think it's about the same. I mean, it's definitely about the same because I've read a lot of terrible things. But whenever you put child in front of it... It's both. But she was 17. Oh, so close to age of consent. Yeah, but depending where you Well, she are. wasn't though, because it said she was abducted from Thailand. But I, it's interesting because you know we we for the first kind of the first time we go back to the fact that Elliot was kind of a vigilante in the first episode, and that just kind of went away. Well, the first whole first season, he was doing this, and I absolutely loved all of his vigilanteism. Like those were some of my favorite things when he's talking to the person as he's getting ready to take him down. And so the fact that he's thinking about bringing that back for Ray, I'm excited for. Yeah, but it's like he doesn't really know. He doesn't do it like immediately. And the thing that's interesting is Mr. Robot is telling him to stop. And Elliot looks at Mr. Robot and he's like, didn't you want me that, to do this? Like, he, didn't you want this? He wanted him to touch a computer again so he could start helping. Because Ray ultimately doesn't help Mr. Robot with the aftermath of Evil Corp. Yeah. So, I mean, really, he just wanted him to get plugged in again, essentially. 
because he didn't want him to look in deeper. He just wanted him to do the problem, fix it, and get out. But well, he didn't course. even want him to do it at all. Okay. No, yeah, you're right there. So I don't know what I was just rambling about. But. <laughs> it's okay. I think that that was his kind of opinion Yeah. in this last episode. And, I mean, we all knew he was going to end up essentially pushing the big red button and looking into it. Yeah. And so do you think he's going to turn on Ray or not? Well, he got the shit beat out of him at the end of the episode. Which was easily my least favorite thing of this entire series. Because to go into something like just straight bullying or physically beating the crap out of someone like Elliot is pointless. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But it works. It, Elliot is afraid of physical violence. It's been proven time and time again. Yeah, but I still, I didn't like that. It was something so primitive on a show that's all about advancement. Well, I think that's kind of why they did it. Because, like like I said, you know, we've been in everyone's heads for yeah. this entire season. And then this episode got very physical and very violent because it's showing, no, there are actual physical ramifications and danger because maybe we've kind of forgotten that what they're doing is dangerous. I mean, I already felt that it was dangerous and everything personally. Like, I mean, there's just no way that I'm going to like that he had two thugs just come beat the crap out of him. Like, I, for some reason... I mean, I'm not saying I do either. I'm not, I'm not defending it but i am trying to say like why they did it well i mean to me like it wasn't hard to watch or anything it was just that well they didn't show anything i mean they saw them i mean it was zoomed out but i mean we see them kicking them punching them and all that well we hear most of it because we zoom into that rat tail and that was so gross like the sound it made hitting the pavement (laughs) but i mean i think there's that elliot can damage them so much worse by doing all the things digitally and vigilante things that he's done before, that why take that chance of beating him up if you know what he can do? I think that just shows that Ray has a heavy hand and that's going to be his downfall. Yeah, and I, I think that did more to convincing Elliot that he needs to take Ray down than it did to help Ray, and that's why I didn't like it. But he probably won't do anything for a couple episodes. He'll probably be scared for a little bit. I don't know if he'll be scared. He'll just... He's been scared before. Like, when uh, the drug guy had his girlfriend in the first season, he said, you know, I'll just stop everything. I don't even care. Just don't hurt us. Yeah. Like, it works. Threats work against Elliot. Like, he's he's smart and he's all-knowing and stuff. And, you know, we have that beginning part where he's saying, like, this is being a god. He feels like he's a god. Yeah. When he's in it. And then it immediately cuts to the thug looking over his shoulder so it's like he does have power but it's in the digital world you take elliot and you put him in the wild he's dead in a second oh absolutely and i think that's what this episode was kind of trying to show you that like though he's all powerful in his zone there's still a real world he's in a lot of danger true and i mean i you feel that danger all throughout the episode i just I think it was a bad play on Ray's hand for someone who's been so smart and kind of ahead of the game. And I, I, just I, thought, I thought that he would have another kind of 
punishment or something. Now, either offer Elliot something. Instead of just, like, you broke my one rule that I pretty much knew that you were going to break. Yeah, like, when he found it, I thought Ray wanted him to find it. I thought it was one of those things where Ray was just waiting until Elliot did it. Yeah, and it was like, okay, now that you know about this, how can we make it better? Exactly, and then it just kind of went to the easy route. And, like, I see, like I'm saying, I see why they did it. I don't think it was as interesting as it could have been. No, but Elliot gets punched a lot in the first season. He hasn't been punched a lot in the second season, so maybe maybe we just hadn't reached the punch quota. No. But um, I can't really think about anything else. You? Uh. No. No. Well, guys, I think that's gonna pretty much wrap it up for us this week. Hopefully, hopefully we're able to get this rolling on Thursdays like we want to, because life should be going back into a little bit more routine. But, uh, you know, hit us up on Gmail at Bleed TV Podcast or Facebook or Twitter at Bleed TV Podcast and uh, let us know with some questions or anything. You know, if you liked it, lovely. You know, give us a comment, like, share. <laughs> if not, uh, keep it to yourself. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it. No, tell us if you didn't like it. Yeah, obviously, if you have some constructive criticism, we would love to hear it. You know, we want any way to make this more enjoyable for y'all because this is why we're doing it. But uh, until next time, I'm Cash. I'm Larissa.